welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Streets raise me, born in 80s baby, Lord save me, cause today I'm going crazy with this bullshit, 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 crazy with this bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Welcome to episode nine of the nine to five killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today I have a very special guest, a woman that has inspired me since I was a child. She's run two successful businesses for over 30 years. She has six properties, four in Costa Rica and two in the States. She has a home in Long Island city and she has another home in Florida. Now, many of you that have listened to Supreme Killer, that's episode three of the nine to five killers podcast, know that my family is from Costa Rica. And in Latin culture, we don't say auntie, we say tia. So to all my friends listening abroad in Costa Rica and my friends listening in the States, I wanna say pora vida and introduce you to tia Inilda. Welcome to the show, tia. How are you doing? Oh, very good. Thank you for having me. No, it's a blessing to have you on this podcast because when I think about the people that have influenced me in my life, you're definitely one of them because I got to watch you run a business and it's just been, it's so good to have you on here so you can share some of your wisdom with some of my listeners. Thank you very much. I came to this country in 1972. I remember the exact date, September 3rd, 1972. And what did you do when you got when you came here? Well, um, I was going to school. I went to um, Prospect Heights. Prospect Heights. Uh huh. And that's years ago. So um, I, I guess I want to fast forward to, into like uh, I'm. I'm just like so excited to have you here, and I'm and I'm just dying to know some questions I had for you since I've known you. You've been an entrepreneur, and that has definitely had an influence on me. But I want to maybe ask you some questions about the, um, the origin story. So we're going to have to dig back. So let's talk about you know, who was the person that influenced you to be an entrepreneur? Tell you the truth is my mother, because my mother had a restaurant. And I wanted to be like her. I wanted to earn my own money, just like my mother did. And where was her restaurant located? It was in Costa Rica. Uh, and what kind, what kind of food did your mother? Soul have? food. Soul food. Yes. So give me some of the first examples of, of, of your mother working and how that influenced you. Did, you. did she ever have a job? Well, I never seen my mother go out and work at a job. She always have her own business. And that's how she ended up with her, the properties that she had because she bought them on her own. Would you say your mother is as much as a successful entrepreneur as you are? As you are? Well, yeah, I would say she was because, you know, she had her time where she had her own house. She did, did her own thing. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of um, advice was your mother giving, giving to you that made you the woman that I, that I come to know? Well, to tell you the truth, she was very tough on us so we didn't have no other choice but to follow her footstep 
because we want to be successful in life. Right. And when you say your mom is tough, I remember we were talking a minute ago, you were saying how you didn't know about Christmas. And I was like, and, and, and I initially thought that you meant that, you know, finances weren't good. Because that's when people say that, you know, they didn't have a Christmas. Uh, Christmas came and went and they weren't aware of it. I'm always thinking that they didn't have funds. But you said the opposite. Could you, re- could you please tell my well, listeners what you said? We had, we, we had, we didn't have Christmas, tell you the truth. Like to say we have toys and all of that. No, we didn't get toys. Our Christmas was, okay, today we're going to bake cakes. We, we prepare ourselves for Christmas. We have new curtains and new furnitures and stuff like that. But to say toys, no, toys wasn't in the, in the project. Wow. And do you remember the first time that you ever celebrated Christmas and, yes. and, and how the story behind that? Yes. I celebrated my first Christmas with toys when I was like nine years old. Can you tell me the story? Sure. One of my stepfather um, that was living with my mother at that time, he went out and bought us some toys and my mother hid it because we didn't know that it was Christmas time. So she hid it, and the next morning we get up, oh, we had toys today. Wow, it's Christmas. Yeah, we had fun that Christmas. We was like nine years old. And uh, something else, you always, from, from when I know you, you always were running a business. But I don't know, how did you get that business started? Could you give me the story behind, like, how did you get started in business and... Uh, I used to do hair from the house, right? Just randomly do people hair. And my husband says to me, but you're good at this. Don't you want to go and study? Don't you want to go and um, study to be a beautician? And I said, sure, why not? So he says to me, okay, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you um, started. So he took me to Wilford Academy, and that was the, that was the beginning. Okay. And from there, because you went on to have two successful business hair salons, so there has to be more to the story. So tell me the full, you know, yes. I, have, I, have, I have all day. Yes. <laughs> the full story is that, okay, even though I had my license and I was working, there was not enough money to start out a business like, you know, you really want. So um, Uncle Noel at a, at a friend that at a place. Well, you got to assume that, that the listeners don't know who Uncle Noel is, so tell them who he is. Uh, Uncle Noel is my husband's brother, mm-hmm. and he knew someone that had a place that was for rent, and he came, gave us the place, rented the place for us, and went out and bought the furnitures the place and that's how we started out with the first salon i was doing so good in the first salon with the help of my husband and my children they the kids used to come they clean the place they wash the toes they wash hair they do everything that you know in order to keep the business going and that's how we started this salon and then it end up it was so successful that we had we had enough to get another salon then we bought one house then we bought another house with the success with the um help of 
um, Noel. That's your that's your um, that's your um, your brother in law and, yeah, my, and my and my uncle. Yeah, your brother in law, my brother in law, and your uncle. Yes, but yeah. without without the help of the children and my husband, it would not been this successful. And do you find that? I always, this is something that I always ask. Do you find that it is, is very important to have people that is close to you that are that believe in the vision in order for things to work out? Yeah, sure. If people are close to you and they are they are not um, envious and stuff like that with you, the, it it could work. It could work. But if you have people that when they see you making money and stuff like that, then they try to turn against you. Even your own family will turn against you. It's so funny because from from just coming up and always going to your home, uh, you you would do parties, and it wasn't just for us. Like I understood that we were we were family, but not only did you make sure there were big parties for us, but you also there were there were always people in the neighborhood that was invited. I would see people there, and I would start to talk to them and realize, well, you're not my cousin, and you're not my uncle. What are you doing here? And then I realized you had almost the whole neighborhood, and when you changed neighborhoods uh you would the people that were at the last neighborhood would come or your tenants if you had a tenant they would be there so you so you always um you always treated people like family so i can't imagine somebody that would turn against you if you're giving them you know these opportunities no but you have people that really you know they yeah, you have backstabbers. <laughs> so tell me a story. I, I, I heard a, to- a story from, my, this is from my cousin, Junior uh, Larson. He said that at one point uh, when you started the business, you decided to fly down a few cousins of yours from Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me about that story and how did it turn out? Oh, yeah, we had we had a few family members that came from Costa Rica to work with us. But there you had people giving them bad influence and they they decided they wanted to go on their own it never worked out with us but you know we didn't make that stop us to say well okay they leave and so everything is dead my kids them stayed right there and continue with me until everything turned out to be a success right but but but, um larson told me that there was a situation where they were you were you were all working it was the busiest day and how many of you how many people did you have working that day i had like 11 11 people 11 working? people working for me that day and how many people left uh, at the height of the the busiest day nine nine people yes so the they so they waited till it was busy waited for christmas around christmas time and everybody left where'd they go they, they everybody branched out on their own even my owns even your, even the relatives. Even the relatives, they left. Did anybody ever try to come back? Oh, a lot of them. <laughs> did you accept them back? Let me tell you, yes, I did. You know why? I figure God has a reason and a plan for everybody. And not because they left and leave me all alone. I can show them that even though you leave, it's not that I miss you. I want to show you that I don't have the same bad heart as you have. So I take them back. And and can you tell me a story about what happened when these people came back? Did they change? Did it, or they do it more of the same? Well, they didn't change. They didn't change. Some of them, the, uh, the customers that they have, they took with them. The customers left. 
So they came back to see if they could get some more. So they get some more and they leave again, but that's okay. I had faithful customer that stayed with me even until the last day that I closed my business. There was customers there with me. How many, how many, um, so you started the business in what year was that? I think I started it in 1979. 1979. Or 1980. I'm not too sure. 89, 80. One year yeah, is not a big deal. Yeah. So you, from 1980 to when did you close? I closed um, March of 2018. Wow. So that's about close to 30 something years yes. in business. Yeah. So there's not a lot of people that had a successful business and was able to retire. And now you, you bought a home in Florida. Yes. You have a home in Queens. Yes. And you also have property. Talk about some of the property that you, yeah, you bought. Yeah, I have some properties in Costa Rica. <laughs> I have um, in Puerto Viejo, I have one property down there. And then in the Mon Center, I have two. And so tell me, what what when did you realize that that real estate was uh, valuable because you know I, when I see people get money or entrepreneurs make money some of them d they might invest in equipment which you've done but many of them invest in like the trappings of like new car and you know different things of that nature you seem to have <laughs> some kind of insight onto where to put your money where did you get that from well I'll tell you the truth my husband is an entrepreneur also because he won, when we was making the money, he said, listen, we want to buy some property. Because if we buy a car, if we buy a car, you drive it around the corner, the car depreciates. You buy a property, you keep it for some time, you can make some money off of that property. And that's what he did. He bought properties anywhere he could, anywhere he could um, find it at a good price, he bought it. Wow. And do you say that that comes from he was shown that or it was just something that you guys just decided on? That's just something that, you know, we decided to do together. That's great. What kind of advice would you would you give somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur? Because there's a there's a certain amount of like I, I when I was talking to you earlier, there was a certain amount of re I guess. You were thinking about doing hair, but you, but your mother was in the restaurant business. What made you not follow in her footsteps as a restaurateur? I found that restaurant was a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You have to be very, very, how would I say? You have to put in not only 100% of your time in the, in the, in there, in the restaurant. It's too much work. It's, you have to get up so early in the mornings to prepare then breakfast. You go to bed so late at night preparing to clean up for the next morning. And I didn't think I wanted to do that. What did you learn from your mother, watching your mother do that, that you've taken into your own business when you started your business? That working hard, you, can get, you could be successful. So you said your mom worked hard, but you never seen her cut corners. She was always like a straight shooter and yeah she always my mother was a straightforward person and she did what she had to do to raise dust and you like to travel a lot 
And I was surprised to hear what you told me that you didn't go on a lot of vacations with with your mother. Why do you think that was? And did that? how did that affect you as an adult when you were able to oh, travel? I didn't go a lot of places with my mother because I leave Costa Rica when I was very young. But how young were you when you left Costa Rica? About 19. 19. Yeah, I was young. That's, that's young. And... Um, she she's she was always at the business working. My mother worked up until she was like almost seventy five years old. So she, so did, did she spend a lot of time with you, or you felt that like you you didn't? Yes, yeah, uh, we we spent a lot of times together because we had to be in the in the um in the restaurant together. Oh, so she she had as a, you mean as working? You worked yes. a lot together. Oh yes. But that you wouldn't would you say that there was a lot of of um, time that you guys spent. As, as mother and daughter, that she taught you things, or it was more so that's business, mainly? Oh, Lessons. mother and daughter. Mother and daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the things that your mother taught you that you've used in business? Like, give me three things that you can remember. Boy, getting up early, getting the first worm, mm-hmm. okay, and um, going to bed late at night. Because if you're not in your business and you're going to leave it up to somebody else, is that pers- that is going to be that person's business. But if you take your time and put 150% of your time in there, even though it needs 100, you put 50% more or 200 more, it's going to be successful. When you, when you envisioned... Because you didn't go into you didn't go into the same business that your mother had started. Did you anticipate that any of your children would go into the hair salon business? Because I because as much as I saw you in that salon, I was certain that one of my cousins would take over the business because they they saw it from the ground up. Why do you think that they didn't take um take up the business? I think they saw exactly what I saw what my mother did for the restaurant. That it was a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work, and Noel, Junior, and Chris, and Steven, they all worked in the salon. All of them worked there, but I guess they figured it was a lot of work, so they mm-hmm. wanted to go out and do their own thing, so that's what they did. But I find that they work, because uh, I, I must say, the family has a strong, hard work ethic. I haven't seen so many hardworking people. And even you said, um, my cousin Noel, that's um, my aunt and Nilda's son, he works. I've never seen anybody work that much in my entire life. I really haven't. I haven't met anybody that works so hard. Uh, they all work very hard, but him in particular, I don't think I've ever really seen him rest. Yeah, Noel works 24 hours a day. If, if Noel is sleeping, his mind is working. Man, yes. do you would you would you say that that you that is from watching you guys you and your I think so yeah because even even um my uncle Larson um your husband he and my uncle when I see him I never see him relax it's always when I would come to the house he was fixing something from the house he was building on the house there was always something there yes Larson when Larson comes in the shop he as he walks through the door, he finds something to do. Clean this, do this, do that. He always doing something. And I guess the kids learn from him. 
that, you know, they have to do something. If you can give advice, if you can go back with everything that you know right now and give yourself some advice to your younger self at, let's say, 20, what advice would you give yourself in business and life that would ever think about everything you know now and what would you what advice would you give yourself? I said, you know, if you have an aim, a target, shoot for it. Whatever target that is, go for it. Okay, go for that target because you know what you want to do. Would you say that you have any regrets in life? No, I don't. Not one regret. I wanted a daughter. That's your only thing? Yes. <laughs> I got four sons. So you got four sons? Yes. Okay. So a daughter would have been something that was on the map. Yeah, but it never happened. So okay. I got three granddaughters now. You got so three I granddaughters. So <laughs> you still winning. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. So when I, when I think about the movement now, there's a lot of women entrepreneurs. And the way I always ran any relationship I've been in has been... I felt that the women that were in my life, they were instrumental to me in being part of my business. And I gave them that kind of respect. It was from watching people like yourself, my mother, and seeing how my father would include you guys um, and you would include each other in, each, in business plans. So what do you think about now that what you guys have been doing is now catching up with the younger folks now? And it's, it's, a, it's an actual thing now. It's a movement. Well, I'm telling you, I am so proud of y'all falling on, on, on our footstep. Very, very proud. Yeah. Yes. And what advice would you give for a young woman uh, in business now? Because things have changed now. Yes, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Would there be anything that you want to give in terms, because you've been around for a while. You've, you've been in business. you got to give me more than that. Give them something that they can hold on to. Because, you know, what happens sometimes in in even in the women that I interview, there's a, there, because we live in a society that has been dominated by men for so long, making the rules, making the law about women's bodies and what can and can't be done, that there's been this emergence of like women that feel like, I don't want to be so proud or I want to be so strong in, in what I want to do. It can, they, they, there's a title for a woman that's too strong. They want to say, oh, she's being a bitch, but if a guy does it, he's being hard-nosed. So what kind of advice would you give to women in terms of that? I'm telling you, things have changed for real. But when, for me, you just have to, you just have to go out there and, and fight. You just got to go out there and Make sure you know what you want. You, it's, you can't sit back and wait. You have to go out there and aim for it. And when you, found your, when you found what your passion was and you went after it, do you have any stories of where things got, there were challenges and how did you overcome like any of those challenges? There's always challenge. Life itself is a challenge. So you have to overcome these things by doing better. You have to overcome them by, you know, going and pushing hard. Yeah, pushing hard and doing better. Mm-hmm. Not because you get, let's say, you get a disappointment here. That do mean nothing. That disappointment that you got should be a challenge for you, and do that better. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, when you first started out in business 
did you, was there any like did you ever take business courses or was it just something that you could you saw your mom do it and you just yeah I never it? take no business courses mm-hmm. never never did none of that but between my husband and the kids let's say Larson was the um he used to fix everything Junior and Noel they are the one who no Noel and Stephen is who used to count the money and. Noel and Junior and Christopher and Stephen, they are the one who used to pay out, makes it makes the payroll. Oh, the payroll. Okay. Yes. <laughs> how did they how did they learn about payroll? And what ages were they doing your payroll? Okay. They were like they were teenagers. Christopher was the youngest one. He used to put the receipts them together. And who taught him how to do that? Listen, it's four boys, so they sit down and they talk to each other. While I'm upstairs working, they're doing that downstairs. Wow. When you, when, you look at, when you look at your life and you've seen everything that you've accomplished, is there anything that you would change about Nothing. your life? Nothing. 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 And what advice would you give now you have to, I know your mom, so you're going to have advice. What advice would you give to your sons now, even like going forward in life? Things that, you know, because sometimes when you, when you have children, you don't have their ear. But now you have their ear because you've definitely proven that, you know, you retired. Mm-hmm. You worked for yourself the whole time. Yes. Anybody that's seeing that cannot look at somebody and say, well, what do they know about? Because that's something that I would say when I'm talking to a friend. I'm like, you haven't done any business, but you have a true record of always working for yourself. What advice would you give your sons uh, if they want to follow in those footsteps? Well, let me tell you, I don't have to give them no advice because they know exactly what to do because they was there with me from day one until the last day that I leave. Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to rephrase that question then. You have three granddaughters? And one grandson. And one grandson. Yeah. Now, they're going to listen to this one day. Sure, why not? I want you to give them some, and you're going to have to give them more than that. Imagine they weren't around, and they and you don't want them to hear this story from someone else because people put spins on their own story. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell them, I want to give me at least a minute, Auntie. I want you to tell them what's needed for them to be successful and also get some advice from, from Grandma. Well, they need to work hard, okay? They have to work hard for what they want. And don't make nobody tells you you can't do it because whatever you want to do, you can do it. Just work hard at it. Just don't reach for the moon because it's right there. It's big. Go for the stars. I like that. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. And when you, when you see, when you see like, like I watch a lot of people and they see the success that you've had. And some people would say it's lucky. You were lucky. Now, what do you, what do you feel about what a person might call luck? What, no. what was the cocktail for your luck? It's not luck. It's not luck. What would you say it is? It's working hard. Mm-hmm. It's working hard. But when you found when you found a passion for what you wanted to do, was there ever a time where you thought 
this was too much? Because I don't ever remember you ever saying that you worked for anybody ever. Yeah, I worked. I worked um, for. Yeah. yeah, I did. Uh, like in. Um, See, I didn't know this part, so you're gonna have to elaborate. Yeah. And I'm gonna need details. Yeah. I'm not gonna give up to the topic. So you worked for somebody before. Oh well, yeah. So I tell me what did you do and and uh, yeah. I work for when I first came here. I was working for uh, toys. Um, toys R Us. No, Toys Company. They was making toys. Okay. It's like a factory. And at the height of the Christmas, they laid everybody off. After we sent out all the toys for Christmas, they laid everybody off. And then I went and I started working by another uh, factory. Um, and... Because I knew the two languages and I worked so hard. When they put me to do, let's say, they put me to do, let's say to clean the tables. Oh, no, I clean the floors, clean the bathroom, clean everything. So the, the owner of the business saw me, the, way, the, way, the, the amount of time that I put into the work that he put me as a supervisor. I used to work at a company called Centennial Casting Company. And they used to do gold. They work with gold. And I used to supervise all of those girls that work on the machines. So what kind of gold did they? Was it like um 14 karat gold? It's a casting a company. A casting company. So they would they would build like the the castings for different for the jewelry. Jewelry, yep. Wow, I didn't know that. But I'm curious about the, the thing you said about the toy company. Mm -hmm. So when, when they laid you guys off after you did all that work, how old were you when this happened? I must, must have been about 21 or 22 years old. So how did you feel at that point when, when the, they did I that? I said, no, this is, this, I have to do something for myself because I cannot be sitting back and make people just lay you off and, you know, do what they want to do with you, then you have to go back and beg, beg for another job. So that's when my husband said, you know, you, you should go out, you do here good, so you should go out and study and get, you know, do that, do, do here for a business. And would that's you, what I did. Would you say that was the driving force, the thing that kind of drove you the yes. most? Like not being under control of other yes. people? yeah. Did you ever feel like, like when you worked in, in other kind of businesses, did you feel like because it's not yours that you didn't give 100% or you always give 100%? I always give 100% of whatever I'm doing because I want to reach to the top, okay? I figure if you, if they tell you you're supposed to wash dishes, you come there and you only wash dishes? No. Do something else so they know that you are, you are willing to keep the job. But then some Places you go and work and you're willing to keep the job, but then I guess everything gets slow and then they just lay you off. Right. And and when you worked at Gold Casting Company, when did that end? Like what like do you um, remember? Not what well, not when, but what what made you leave that that position? That's I for I feel like, you know, I was giving too much of myself and not getting back enough of them. So I said, Let me go out and start my own business. 
Wow. And when you started, what was how was it in the beginning? Was it difficult or was it easy from the beginning to the end? No, it was not. It was difficult. When I was around, I only seen it always busy. I never seen anything wrong. So you got to fill in. For me, it looks like I've never been in your salon and seen it empty. For yeah. me, I just like, oh, she's just always been successful. So please help give somebody like me who's never seen it slow. Tell me some of the things that you went no. through in the beginning that I've been unaware of. I am the type of person that even if something is wrong, you will not know it from me. Okay? If some, I will laugh at the, the worst situation. Okay? And what I will do, even though it's busy, I put my 100% of myself into it to make it work. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to do to make it work. That's why whenever you come to the shop, you always see it busy. Because if, if I'm not washing, I'm cutting, I'm um, drying. drying. And I'm you, know what? I just, I, you know, I just thought about something. Now, now, this is very funny. I'm just thinking about it now. You owned the shop that I was in. I've been in two of your shops. And you was always working when I came there. Yes. Never did I, never, you know, I actually seen people there when I came to see you and you was doing their hair and talking to me. And there were people that was not working, but you was always working. Yes, because sometimes <laughs> people only want me to do their hair. They only want the owner because they figure maybe I know how to do it better. Even if another one of the girls do the hair and something is out of place and I, all I have to do is touch it and it, oh, it's good now. But I find that be you so, more so being somewhat of a perfectionist because I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, it's something that I've come to realize even in myself when, when I'm at, at a job or I'm on site and people come to me and they say, you look like you know what you're talking about. You have a way in which you do stuff and you do it with a hundred percent of yes. yourself. And so when somebody sees that, and I'm not saying that anybody else that worked didn't do that, but it's the energy that we admit even before we say anything. So right when I walk in, you used to look at the door. <laughs> no, I never surprise you. I always try to come in to surprise you and never did you ever, I come in and you were like, Oh, there's Glenn because you look at the door as it ring that bell ring and you yes. look over at it where other people are having a conversation and they barely look over to see who's coming in. You always want to know who's coming in. That's right. I have to know who is coming in. I have to be on my guards. And that brings me to something else. When you first opened that salon, it wasn't in the best neighborhood. It over time, I think what, what neighborhood was that again that you were in? It's, it's like, you just said it's Crown Heights. Crown Heights. When you first opened it, it wasn't the best neighborhood. Oh, no. But over the years, it's changed and it's, it's gotten better. And it's, mm -hmm. you couldn't even tell the difference. They have pizza shops and all types of nice things over there. But when you originally started there, there wasn't a lot going on. But you guys never had a burglary, never had a robbery. You got to tell me how. No security at the front. So you got to explain that in detail. Okay. My security was the same bad guys that was around there. Okay. They took care of me like a mother, okay? They see, they, um, they, how would I say? These people do what they had to do to live their life, and I did what I did 
to do for, for myself. And I never business with what they was doing. But they, no, they would not make nobody come around there and disrespect the business. They took care of me like I was their mother. And what did that come from? Because I mean, I'm serious. Even when I would come in the area and I see, and I'm like, how does my aunt has a, a store in this area and never have any problems? I thought about it like maybe I'd say like the, when, when I, the second or third time I've been there, I'm like, how does she never have a problem at this place? Because people, you, you respect people for who they are. It doesn't matter if, if the person is down in the gutter and you cannot reach up and pick him up and sit him up. Why are you going to talk about him? I let people do what they did for their life. And I did what I did. I don't care with nothing else. So that's what happened. They, um, they respect me and I respect them for who, whoever they are. I don't care who they was. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I have, a few, I have like two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. And um, then we're going to wrap up. But I want to know something. When you, when you think about the internet and cause back when you were doing your, um, your business, the internet wasn't, there was not, there wasn't internet around. Mm-hmm. So you had to promote in a certain way. Do you think that with the internet and everything going on now that that would have helped you even more? Because I see you on Instagram and I see you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. What makes you good on those platforms? And do you think it would have been a benefit to your business? Back I think then? it would be a benefit to my business because you know, like right now, let's take for instance, everybody is on the internet. Everybody's on Instagram. If people wants to do hair, to do their hair, they're going to go on Instagram to look and see what kind of work have I done. Me, I haven't, I have Instagram pictures, but the amount of work that I did over the years, it could not fit Instagram. <laughs> it couldn't fit on the internet. No. Wow. Okay. So I don't have that many Instagram pictures of work that I did over the years. Okay. Whatever is on Instagram is just toy stuff that I toys around, I play around with. Okay. <laughs> and my final question is what, what made you retire? Because you had, your business was still doing well when you retired. I know there was one business that you closed, mm-hmm. um, um, but there was a, you had a, you had a final shop that was open that was doing well. Mm-hmm. What made you decide now that the neighborhood was, you stuck it out all those years in that neighborhood. And now that the neighborhood's coming together and people started to have more money in the neighborhood, what made you leave now? i tell you the truth. Your body will tell you when it's time to leave. Your body will tell you. And I think my body told me it's time. Time for you to go uh-huh, take care of your grandkids, take care of your husband, and take care of yourself. When your son told me that you retired, I was like, she's not going to retire. And they was like, no, she retired. And then what did you do when you went down to Florida? Because you went to Florida, but you didn't stay 100% retired. Yes, I tried <laughs> to go back to work. And I'm like, uh-uh, this is not for me. I'm done. <laughs> well, on that, Auntie, you had a great business life and I'm I just want to say that I learned a lot from from watching you watching my parents and watching Uncle Noel you know God bless my uncle passed away um definitely one of those people that 
was responsible for bringing, you know, my father and a lot of the brothers over here. From what I understand, he brought everybody over um, from Costa Rica. You know, some people, they say they're family, but when it comes down to taking care of people, they don't do it. And I just say that you, Uncle Noel, uh, my parents, you guys instilled in me something that makes me want to go out and help people. So this podcast that I have is to use the internet and to use the stories that you guys have instilled in me uh, and along with my own stories to, to bridge the gap with the new, the new generation, the old generation, but to put everything in perspective and let people know that if you want to work, if you want to have something for yourself, if you want a better life, there's more than one way to do it. You don't have to stay at a job you don't like. You don't have to stay in any situation that doesn't suit you or doesn't make you rise above. And um, so this advice is to even uh, the people that think, you know, cause my aunt is very modest. So she won't say what I'm about to say. You don't, there's no reason now with all of the technology that we have, you hear, you're hearing a woman here who gave 150%. And I got to see that. And I didn't know what I was watching at the time. I thought everybody worked like that. So for me, when I do something, I do 150%. There's no slack. There's no chill in what I do. It's because watching people like my uncle and my aunt and my parents, they never did a half-assed job. Because I hear people now, they tell me they don't have the money to do what um, they want to do. I'm broke. I don't have money. But yet, I see you with new clothes Jordans, a new car. As my aunt told you just now, you could, when you buy a property, that's an investment. When you buy a car, it is a liability. The minute you take it off the corner, it is going down in value, depreciating. So I'm, I'm appreciative that I grew up in a time where I got to watch these giants, you know, and they definitely have an influence on me. And um, hopefully through these stories, some of you will be listening and realize that Anything that you want in life, you can have if you're willing to invest in yourself. Anything to add on to or are we good? Yo soy Enilda Smith de Costa Rica, escuchando al 9.5 Killers. And that's it. Thank you, guys. And thanks for coming out, Auntie. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Love you. Love you, Auntie. The 9 to 5 Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.